Hi guys, welcome back to The Lunch Club. I'm so excited to have you here today. This topic was actually a suggestion from a lot of you guys from Instagram, so I'm really excited to be addressing booking processes, how to create a better experience for both you and your potential clients. But first, I want to remind you to go get your florist sweatshirt or t-shirt. Just visit www.delafloristudioco.com forward slash shop and use the code LUNCHCLUB15 for 15% off your order. I have restocked my black florist crew neck sweatshirt as well as the limited time light pink and of course restocked my basic black florist t-shirt. These are absolutely perfect whether you are setting up a wedding and have an install day or you're shopping the cooler and want something a little bit more fun or you're lounging around the house like me and you just want to have your new favorite sweatshirt on. I highly recommend it of course so just make sure at checkout you use the code lunchclub15 for 15% off your order. Now let's get into it. Welcome to the Lunch Club Podcast, a space I've created for entrepreneurs. Come sit with us as we share the highs and lows of building and maintaining successful businesses. I'm your host, Andrea Zahagen, and let's get into it. So if you didn't already know this, having a booking process that correctly vets and educates your clients is crucial. And let me tell you why. When I first started, I would begin meeting with my clients first. I wouldn't ask them any questions other than their wedding date to make sure that I was available. Um, I kind of fully believed when I first started, I just want to get to know them and talk through all of the info with them. It'll be so much easier that way. But the problem that I ran into was oftentimes they didn't have a realistic budget and it was really difficult once I'd already met them to say no or to let them know that it wasn't going to work out because I'd either already become attached with them and their personality and I really wanted to help them. So ultimately it resulted in me having to basically take a loss or take a hit if I wasn't able to get them what they wanted with the current budget, um, which is a personal problem with boundaries that I learned. So about six to eight months in, I shifted how I started booking clients and it has become a really great experience for me. As always, I want to preface that there's no wrong way to do this and my way might not be the best for you personally, But if what you are currently doing isn't working for you, maybe you're not happy, you're feeling like your clients aren't following through with you, or there's just general frustration, it might be time to consider trying something different. So I'm going to tell you in depth a little bit what works for me. So I first need to kind of cover a couple things boundary-wise. I do not give any information or back and forth over DMs or texts or even emails. I require all of my clients to fill out an inquiry form and then we go from there. This is just for me to make sure that I don't lose any information. It can be really hard if they've sent me information through Instagram and then they've also emailed me photos or info and then I'm just kind of scrambling and I'm, I'm missing pieces and it can be really hard. So I will always happily answer a client's message if they are simply asking if I'm available, any basic pricing questions such as if I have a minimum, anything like that, I'm happy to give them a short, quick answer. But if they are sending me all the details of their wedding and hoping for me to DM them back right away, I always just send them the link to my inquiry form. And I know that some people might think, what's the big deal? But like I've said, I've run into so many problems, so I have just made sure to stick to my guns and make sure everyone follows the proper process. So the first thing is they have to head to my website and fill out an inquiry form. It's the first thing that pops up on the homepage. It says inquire now um, and it's what's directly linked onto my website. So I'm going to read through the questions that I ask my clients. 
It may be more or less in depth than another florist questionnaire and like I said, there is nothing wrong with that. But if you're feeling like you continually have the same problems, maybe try adding one of these things or cutting yours down. So the first things first is always the wedding date and venue, first last name and email. Um, obviously we just need to get the basic information so I know how to contact them. I know generally speaking if I'm going to be available even if I'm already booked that day but I'm like hey this venue is only 10 minutes away from the other one and I know that they have different setup times I might be able to take it so that's why it's really important another main reason it's very helpful if your client knows what their venue is is because you'll know maybe what installations are common at this venue you might know what table shape or how many is typical for their layout because a lot of times those are questions or pieces of information your client either doesn't know or doesn't think is relevant to tell you but we all know that a centerpiece that's going to be the span of an eight foot farmhouse table is going to be very different from that of a circular table um, or maybe Maybe this certain venue has a chandelier or a big staircase that's known for having an installation and if they simply checked the box that they want a ceremony install, you can kind of make a good guess on what they're imagining that might look like. Um, so you can always give a quote without knowing the venue, but obviously it, it will ultimately change things. So the next thing in that section that I ask is the wedding theme or color palette or inspo. Um, so a lot of times my my clients will give descriptive words. Maybe they're saying pastel garden. That's very, very popular right now. They might say, hey, it's a backyard wedding. We want something bright and fun. They might just tell me, you know, a sophisticated green and white. So immediately I'm kind of already picturing things in my head. Sometimes they use words immediately in here that I'm thinking, mm, I'm not interested in that. I'm probably not even going to give them a quote, which you might be thinking, wow, that's rude, Andrea. But here's the thing. We've talked about this. I don't want to take on an event if I'm not excited about it and if there's going to be a better fit for somebody. So those are the biggest key parts of information that are important. Now, what's next that might be different for me than someone else? Some people, after receiving that amount of info, set up a call to get more of the details so that they can base their price off of that. I like to ask as much information up front so I can decide if it's worth me putting time into setting up a consultation or even giving them a bid. Um, now that's totally up to you but that's what's been working for me. So I asked them their estimated budget. I used to leave this as a write-in answer but a lot of times people would leave it blank. Um, I think they just kind of felt like they didn't want to give me a number or I would just meet that number but like I mentioned, it was hard because I ran into the issue all the time. They wouldn't tell me their budget. I'd give them a quote and they'd end up very frustrated with me that it was above their budget. But meanwhile, I didn't even know what the budget was and so I would waste my time. So this is required and I just give different checkmarked boxes. They can select multiple numbers or just one. So I, I go as low as 2000 and I have in parentheses that that's partial wedding services, which is no on-site setup like an arch or installation. Um, it's basically something they'll have to pick up um, and then 3,000 is in that category as well and then 4,000 to 6,000 is the minimum for my full service weddings and then it goes obviously up um, from there. So um, sometimes like I said I'll have clients who mark 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 so I generally know the range that they're hoping to spend um, or sometimes they'll just select one box but that's really helped me. Like I said I just ran into the issue that them not putting their budget writing it in was creating problems so I just had to require it 
people might be frustrated, but that's okay. Um, this is something I added recently as well, which also was helpful for me. I ask, where are you in your booking process? There are two main options, which is I love your work and I'm pretty sure I want to book you or I'm still weighing all my options and shopping around. This helps me to know how serious that the client might be if they are familiar with my work, if they really like me, I'm obviously going to spend more time on their quote, but if I know someone is shopping around, I'm probably going to just be focused on getting them pricing information because I know that unfortunately that's what it's just going to come down to for them um so yeah maybe that helps maybe it doesn't sometimes people check mark both boxes which is not super helpful but um it does help me to know if they're familiar with me or they're really hoping to book with me um so then I ask them the items that they want to include on the quote and this is just check mark boxes as well so they can select as many as they want. So I have bridal bouquet, bridal photos bouquet, a ceremony arch, staircase, mantle, centerpieces, table greenery, boutonnieres, corsages, the decor package which is something I offer where I provide you know candlesticks, tea lights, all those things um, and then cake flowers, welcome sign or flower girl crowns or petals. Um, so sometimes they mark only one or two or all the items and then I ask them to fill in the quantities or specifics for the items that they selected. Um, and it gives an example of where it says table shape, amount of centerpieces, bridesmaids, etc. Um, so often they'll say nine bridesmaids, two boutonnieres, three centerpieces, um, and sometimes they'll give me more detail as well. Uh, and then I have an option where they can enter the link for their Pinterest board, which is a new addition that I've added, which has also been very, very helpful for me creating um, an inspo board for them. So that's like the most tedious part and oftentimes that's where client a lot of people will message me asking you know oh hey this is da, 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 da. can you give me a quote and I say hey can you please fill this out a lot of times they don't and it just shows the amount of effort they're willing to spend on me um it is a lot of information but it is very vital <laughs> in order to create an accurate quote and that's what I tell them the more specific they can get the more accurate their quote is going to be so we start with the inquiry form. It sends me the email. I look it over. Um, if I look at it immediately and I think, ooh, this isn't a great fit, whether it's the style or maybe it's, you know, the venue is too far away for me to justify it, or maybe I'm already booked that day, I might just say, hey, here are some florists who I would recommend. Unfortunately, I'm unavailable, but hopefully this helps. Um, but if I am available or interested, then I put together a pretty simple base quote. Um, knowing that there are a lot of details that I'll still need to get from them but that helps me to help them know if they are ready to take things to the next step with me or if they might need to reconsider their budget or maybe they need to adjust their wish list. Um, so I send a base quote and I let them know hey this is likely to change but this should help you get an idea of what florals from me might cost um, and then sometimes if they've given me enough information on their color palette or style I'll put together a very very, very simple one-paged um, little mood board that might include individual flowers um, that are going to reflect what, what will be in season um, and how I'll make up the color palette and then as well as some inspo photos whether they're the ones they shared with me or something from my own page or something that I find that might really help them kind of paint the picture of what it could really be like. Um, usually after that, 
I email them and just say, hey, go ahead, check out that quote. If you're interested to move forward, let's set up a time to meet and we'll go through the design details. I'll walk you through my contract and the rest of the booking process. This is usually where clients are going to drop off. (laughs) I'd say 50% of the time these days people will ghost me or I mean, usually it's just ghosting. They mass inquire and they get the info and they're just looking for the cheapest option. Um, I'll usually follow up probably two times. So I'll send the initial quote and then about a week or max two weeks later, I'll just say, hey, um, you know, someone else is interested in this date or I'm going to be moving forward with other people. Let me know if you've changed your mind. I would actually say about 30 to 40% of the time the clients respond back and just have forgotten to respond or they've just been busy. Um, So it's always worth just following up at least one more time. Um, So then if they're like, hey, yeah, I'd love more information, we set up a consult. Um, I offer them in-house at my home um, or we can do them through Zoom. Um, I would say it's about 50-50% of the time if they come in person or on Zoom. I really enjoy doing Zoom and not just like a voice call because I can share my screen um, and kind of show them some of the ideas and really walk them through everything visually and I find that that really, really helps um, rather than just a voice call. So um, we usually do that. I typically charge for my consult. It's usually $30 for one hour is about how long my consults take. I know that some people are better at doing a quick call, but mostly because I walk through the contract, it takes a lot of time. Um, and if you're wondering what's in my contract or why I do that, go listen to my contract episode and you will get much more information on that. Um, so we'll set up that consult. A lot of times, during that, we're going through the details. So I'll go through each item on the invoice, um, just making sure that the quantities are correct, that I've asked all the questions, maybe about what they're picturing, what they're imagining, but also getting more design details like, you know, what color ribbon do you want on your bouquet? Or are there any flowers that are really important to you that we include in this or not? Um, Things like that. I write down any little notes and then after that I'll adjust the quote if we need to. So say we talked through some additional items um, or we've decided to cut out certain items, I'll adjust it and that's pretty much the final quote. They can always change it um, up until two weeks before is when I allow. Um, But then they're kind of really prepared, especially after reading through my contract. They know what's next, which is they need to pay their deposit and sign the contract and then they're officially booked. Um, I would say um, probably 95% of the clients who meet with me, like they get to the setting up a consult part, will book with me. Um, It's really only happened one or two times in the last year that we met with each other and then they didn't end up moving forward. Um, So it is hard because it's It feels frustrating when you don't get people to that final step, but for me, like I've said, if they're just looking at cost um, and it's not about personality, then it's not really someone I want to work with anyways, Um, but if it's someone who has put in the work and kind of made it to that last step, it's honestly, it's almost like dating, like they have to put in the work for me to feel like, hey, we're a good fit, you've been a good communicator, it's like a little test because the clients who are good communicators throughout the whole process, they're understanding they're patient with me we're always a really good fit for each other but the people who want answers right away or they're not very patient they aren't great communicators they never really end up making it to that step and so I know that they're not maybe going to be my most ideal client anyways so that is in in summary my 
um, my booking process. Um, now I want to give you some other options as well. If you're like, yeah, I've done that before and it didn't really work for me. I know that I'm actually probably in the minority who does booking this way. Um, but like I've said, for some reason it really works for me. Um, but everyone's personality is different. Everyone's clientele might be a little bit different too. So I know that some florists, um, they send like a basic, um, inquiry so like those first few questions you know location wedding date contact info and then like their inspo or their color palette um and then if they're interested in that they set up a quick call just to get quantities and a little bit more detail so that they can provide a more in-depth quote up front um which is one way to look at it and that works really well for some people um and then they kind of they don't really do a very in-depth consult. They've kind of chatted through the basics and then they just send the contract. They make sure the client just reads that on their own time and then they're just able to sign and pay, which is definitely a more simple probably way to be booking. But I feel like I've tried that in the past and I feel like it's just harder for me to connect with setting up that one call alone. So that's why I don't do it that way. But I know it works for some people. Um, and then some even higher end florists, um, I know it's not as popular in Utah, but some out of state, they require just a set deposit or retainer amount. They have a very set minimum. So you need to spend at least, you know, X amount of money anyways. Um, and so it's more of like, Hey, if you want to book me, I need you to pay the retainer. And then you work together after you've already booked through pricing info and detailed mood boards, because you've already essentially committed to that florist. They're more willing to go in depth, which honestly in a perfect world sounds amazing, but I don't think I'm there yet. And I think especially if I was the only one doing my quotes that way, people would be very frustrated. But ideally you get to a place where people know exactly what you provide and your reputation is just in a great spot where they know they want to book you. You're the only person they want to even talk to. So they just simply pay a deposit and then you work through that way. So that is just an example of there are so many different ways you can scale this. Like I said, I've shifted this a lot in the last couple years alone. Um, and I'm always changing my process a little bit here and there. Um, there have been a couple times this week even, which has just been funny that I have not even met with the client, but I've, I either know them pretty well previously that I can trust that they're going to read through the contract and we're going to meet as it gets closer. Um, I've had some clients who just get the proposal, the very first one, and then they they pay the deposit and they're ready to go. Um, so some clients need a little bit more attention and that's okay. Um, but if you're like, listen, this is taking so much time and I'm not loving it, that is fine. Um, now, finally, I want to end this episode just giving you a little bit of realness, um, specifically with this season. Um, I have been talking to several wedding vendors, florists and non-florists. I've talked to photographers, even um, venues. We've just been seeing a very interesting trend with, not trend, but we've seen a difference in our booking 
statistics this year and I'm not really sure where it came from or why but my conversion rate is definitely down from what it has been um and I know you might be thinking wow Andrea (laughs) like why are you admitting this to us but I want to I want you to know that it's not just you and I feel confident that this is just an industry-wide thing I think clients have just been a little bit slower to booking um I think one of the main reasons is if you were paying attention to around or earlier this time last year um there was a lot of media coming out um from publications and lots of vendors were kind of all cycling through the same little wording of you know the year 2022 is going to have more weddings this year than there's ever been before there was a lot of that going around and i think it really scared brides into booking way ahead of time um and so i had booked my whole summer probably by mid-February last year where this year I definitely have way more openings throughout May, even April and August and September. It's just filled in weirdly (laughs) differently than it has in the past and I think for the first month of January, I was feeling really down on myself, especially because I was having lots of brides inquire with me, but not that many were following through or were just ghosting me or just kept giving me unrealistic budgets. And it's been frustrating. And I know that I'm not alone in that. Um, And I think it's important to just don't panic because like we always say, there is the perfect client out there for you and you just need to be patient. Um, And so my advice to you, if you're feeling that is just... um, you know, continue doing everything you can, make those great connections, continue posting your work, continue educating your clients ahead of time, being transparent about availability might encourage them. If you're newer and you're thinking, listen, if it's hard for you to book, how do you expect me to book anybody? And maybe you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about, Andrea. I'm booking like crazy. You know what? If that's you, I'm so happy for you. Um, but if you are feeling like the the urge to say, ah, I'm just going to cut my pricing so that I can book a wedding because I really, really need it. Don't do that. If you're going to do something like an incentive, I really recommend either a giveaway or some kind of a, hey, if you book a $3,000 package with me, I will give you, you know, three boutonnieres for free or something simple that's not going to cost you or um, have you undercutting yourself, but some kind of a promotion that really benefits you and your bride. So there are different ways that you can incentivize your clients without having to undercut the market or undercut yourself because the worst thing that you can do for yourself is cut your pricing to secure a client and then you will get stuck doing that for a year and a half and realize you're not making any money, you're not happy with your clients, and you're probably not going to stay in business very long. Um, A lot of this goes back to pricing and if you haven't listened to our pricing episode or maybe you need a little refresher, go listen to pricing and imposter syndrome to give yourself that pep talk um but I am really happy to to share with you guys that my booking has gotten much better even in the last two weeks my conversion rate has gone way up the clients who have inquired with me have moved on to booking and have secured you know their dates with the deposit and the contract um but there has been a solid month and a half of people ghosting unrealistic budgets and it's really frustrating but there are still plenty of brides out there and they are going to continue coming just continue putting your best foot forward and doing everything you can to support yourself and your business. Um, And the last little snippet I'll throw in there is it's okay if you have, you know, your part-time job and you're mostly focused on running your floral business on the weekends. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel like you have to be 
you know, having your own cooler and your full-time florist to be making it, making it looks different for everyone. And, you know, for me, that means if I'm, you know, making a profit every time I book a client, that's what my goal is. It doesn't need to be, you know, this, I have to have X amount of weddings for me to, to have made it. Like just, just get happy with where you're at and celebrate the little successes and you know you'll ultimately get there and so just have fun and enjoy that you get to call this a job. And lastly, the reminder that there are a lot of things going on in the economy around the world that do affect how people want to spend their money or how much you need to charge. So don't get overwhelmed. Remember to just stay on top of the things you can control, continue creating good experiences for each of your clients and referrals will come and continue networking with all of the different vendors that you meet. Get your feet in any door that will slightly open and you will be really happy. So I hope you enjoyed this little episode and maybe one or two of these tips in booking might help you to create a better experience for both yourself and your clients. Um, and if you have any suggestions for any other episodes, things that you want to hear, or you have more questions among this topic, please feel free to message me. I'm always so happy when I get your guys' feedback and it means the world to me. So I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and happy booking season.